Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Welcome to Jesus 911 Soul Patrol. My name is Jesse Romero. The month of January is dedicated to the holy name of Jesus. So remember, make any excuse throughout the day to project the name of Jesus into the cosmos. Say, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, come to my assistance. Jesus, help me. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, I love you. Make any excuse throughout the day to reach out and call upon the holy name of Jesus. Okay, you've all heard of when... uh, when bad things happen to good people, have you heard of when good things happen to bad people? Hmm. Well, guess what? I just met somebody who wrote a book exactly with that title. When good things happen to bad people. And I'd like to introduce and welcome Patricia Shenyo to Jesus 911. Welcome, Patricia. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. Yes, well, you reached out to me, and I was intrigued by your title. I said, what? I've heard it the other way around many times, but you broached kind of a new topic. And then I was kind of interested. You said, hey, Jess, I heard some stories about you, I guess, online or something. And uh, I guess one or, one or two of my stories may have inspired you. So I said, oh, I've got to bring her on and, uh, and, and uh, enlighten and uh, encourage the audience, encourage the audience. So... Let's start with the encouragement. So why did you, Patricia Shenyo, why did you write this book, When Good Things Happen to Bad People? Okay. I, what I wanted was for people to know how good and loving God is. Mm-hmm. God is good. He is loving. He is merciful. And he reaches out to all his children. God loves all his children, no matter what kind of uh, person you are, what skin color you have, no matter where you come from, no matter who your um, family is, uh, what kind of education you have or don't have, uh, how much money you have or don't have, all these things don't matter. God still loves you and he loves you unconditionally. You know, I I like to tell people, Patricia, that God is an equal opportunity lover. That's that's the way I explain hey, it to me. God's an equal opportunity lover. And and of course, the reason that's the case is because that's his very nature. It's like the Bible says, God is love. And he who lives in love lives in God and God in him. So, yep, uh, we're, we're, uh, we could check that box off. So let me ask you, for whom did you write this book? And what message do you want to send to your readers as a result of this book called... Uh, when good things happen to bad people, by the way, you can grab this, pick up this book at amazon.com, amazon.com, when good things happen to bad people. So why did you, Patricia Shenyo, or for whom, what's the audience? Did you write this book and what message did you want to send to the readers? I wrote this book for everybody because God loves everybody. He loves all his people. And, uh, the message that I want to send is, No matter what you've done in your life, um, you might say to yourself, well, God, can God still love me because I've done so many things that I shouldn't do? I've committed so many sins. 
yes, God still loves you and he wants to bring you back to himself. And in my book, I have a, a number of true stories. All the stories are true. Uh, where God reaches out to people and brings them back to himself. So uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to want to get into some of the stories, some of the best, some of the best stories, but uh, so now people will probably ask people that are listening. They're saying, okay. Uh, so, so I just heard Patricia say that God loves each person unconditionally. What does that mean? Can, can you parse that out? Can you define that for, for somebody who's saying, I don't know, I'm not sure exactly what she means. Okay. God loves everybody unconditionally. Um, as I said before, it doesn't matter how many sins you have, God still loves you. Uh, if he took the time to come down to earth in the person of Jesus Christ, the second person of the Holy Trinity, if he took the time to come down here and pay for our sins in excruciating pain. The suffering of the cross, that's the most barbarous um, type of death that there is. And uh, if he was willing to do that for us, he must love us quite a bit. And that's what I mean by his unconditional love. We, We don't have to earn his love. He gives it to us freely. Yeah, well, that's what the Bible says. And it's, it's, uh, I, I tell people when they ask me that question, I say, do you realize that Jesus Christ, the son of God, when he was hanging on the cross, he was thinking about you. They say, no, you're kidding. Just, yeah, he had you in mind. He knew about you from, be, from before you were fashioned in your mother's womb. He was thinking about you on Calvary and he was atoning for your sins. And as Dr. Scott Hahn says, God loves us so much unconditionally but he loves us too much for us to stay in our sinful condition he wants the best for us and so patricia let me ask you uh well i think you pretty much described it that was that was a great description i was going to ask you how does god show his love first but you gave a marvelous description in the second person of the trinity who's the face of god the father uh so what may, I god- add, may i add one more thing absolutely absolutely add as much as you want God loves each person so much that if that person, you or I, was the only one that needed to be saved, needed needed to be saved, Jesus still would have done that just for that one person. That's how great his love is for each one of us. That's a beautiful thought. That's a real beautiful thought. I've heard that from the fathers of the church. I forget which one, but it, that that makes you feel special. You say like, wow, I'm not just one little speck of sand in 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 this uh you know in this in, uh you know universe of 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 a sand this sandbar i'm special god knows me my name he knows my dna he knows every every single cell in my body uh that that's very personal the way you just the way you just explained it so patricia now we know that god we know that god loves us that's a metaphysical reality from the bible but what does God want from each person? What, what, what's the, the argument in your book? What does God want from each one of us? Well, I think that God wants us to obey his commandments. Uh, he gave us those commandments for a reason. And uh, if we don't obey his commandments, does that mean God loves us a little less? No, he doesn't love us any less. He still loves us 
unconditionally, and he still wants us to come back to him, his divine heart. Now, how does he do that? Well, he reaches out to us in different ways. And I can give you some of those examples if you'd like. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So that would be some of the stories in my book. Let me awesome. give you an example of a person who was an atheist. Okay. And this man, he was a doctor, a good man, but he didn't believe in God. He didn't believe in the soul. He didn't believe in heaven or hell or purgatory or anything like that. And what, what happened to him was he ended up getting some kind of a brain disorder and he was in a coma. And, you know, he, they, the doctors and so on thought this man isn't going to make it. He's not going to live. To make a long story short, he was in, uh, and I don't remember exactly how long it was, but he was in this coma for a while. And then they were going to discontinue the life support systems. And all of a sudden his eyes popped open and he was completely healed. And then he told his story of how God reached out to him and he said, yes, he said, this is all real. God is real. Heaven and hell is real. Mm -hmm. He said, I know because I saw them. And then he went on to explain how it changed his life. You know, what's That's interesting, Patricia, is, is really nobody can argue with the eyewitness account of a person's experience. And, and that's, you know, you, you could argue with somebody's maybe their their theology or their understanding of doctrine. But it's it's hard to argue with somebody's experience of God. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, and so, you know, those are those are weighty stories. Uh, okay. And I want I, I want to hear some more of them. But let, let me ask you a question before. I want it before you get into another story. Is it is it hard to live for God? No, I think it's easy to live for God because if you follow God's commandments, those commandments are a guide for you. They're not meant uh, for God to say, "I'm the boss, and you better listen to me." That's not the way it is. God gave us these commandments for a, as a guide. If we follow the commandments, we will have a much happier life, and. Uh, you won't get into all kinds of trouble. When you when you disobey some of God's commandments, you end up with all kinds of trouble. And who needs that? Yeah. Right? So, yeah, who needs ab that? Absolutely. It just reminds me when I was a cop in Los Angeles, uh, you know, people would say, why do we got speed limits and stop signs and red lights and green lights and traffic signs and, you know, enter this way and, and do not enter this way. You know why? So there could be order in the flow of traffic. Can you imagine driving in any major city without stop signs and exit and enter and do not enter and red lights and yield and slow down and 35 miles an hour or 65 miles. Can you imagine if we didn't have any of those signposts or guideposts, the, the yeah. chaos that would, there would be a, a car pile up every single morning. That's, That's the same right. with the 10 commandments. That's right. That's yeah. right. And let me tell you another story about this sure. one elderly you a, lady. You got a minute before the break. Go ahead. Okay, this one elderly lady, she was 84 years old, and my sister called me, and she said, pray for her. Uh, in my book, I call her Marcy. Pray for Marcy because hold that thought, Hold that story. Hold that story. We're, the, we're coming up to a quick break. Okay. We'll, uh, we're, we're here listening with, conversing with Patricia Shenyo. Her book, When Good Things Happen to Bad People, you can pick it up from Amazon.com, Amazon.com. She's got a couple of stories to tell us up next. Stick around. You don't want to miss them. Now, 
back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, when good things happen to bad people, the name of a book, the author Patricia Shenyo, you can get the book at Amazon.com, Amazon.com. When good things happen to bad people, Patricia, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you hold this up? Can, can you see this? Yes, we can see it. Thank you very much. Patricia, how did you come up with the name of the, for that title? Well, actually, um, um, I have a, a recording machine. Okay. And uh, the, the sister at our church was complaining a little bit. She said, oh, I have all these good tapes and I can't play them anymore because now they're all, everything has to be on DVD. Yeah. And I said to her, oh, sister, I said, I can take those tapes for you if you'd like, and I could put them on DVD for you. So she said, okay. So I did. And one of the tapes was Rabbi Kushner's um, about his book on when good things, when bad things happen to good people. And so I, I made a copy of that and I, I made a copy of it for myself too. I said, this is very interesting. And that gave me this idea for my book ah. because, because God reaches out. He wants to do good things for everybody. Now yeah. I'd like to get back. I'd like to get back to, um, Oh, as I mentioned, if you see this, yeah, if you type called- in my last name, if you type Shenyo. in my last name and you go to amazon.com and type in Shenyo, the book will come right up. When Good Things Happen to Bad People by Patricia Shenyo. So share another story from that book. Okay. Give us, give us another teaser. Okay, this is a good one, too. Uh, this happened to me. Um, my sister called me, and she said to me, pray for Marcy. She said, because this was an 84-year-old woman, and she was not in good health, and my sister was helping to take care of her. And I said, um, if you like, I can come and pray with her. She said, well, I'll ask her. Well, Marcy wanted me to come up and pray with her. She had been away from God for a long time. She was a fallen away Catholic. Now, I think what she wanted more than anything was sympathy because she wanted me to listen to her story. It turned out when she was in her early 30s, she married this wonderful man, and they were very much in love and happy together. And in six months later, he died. And of course, she was heartbroken. And, you know, she tried to accept it, but she said she couldn't. She had a hard time with that. She said, why did God take this good man away from me? She couldn't understand that. Well, then, to make things worse, she ended up marrying this other man, and that was a disaster. Um, It did not go well at all, and it ended up in a divorce. By the time I went up to see her at 84 years old, she was married to this other third man, And he was miserable. He was nasty. He was abusive and everything else. And I met him and I thought, wow, this is a nasty person. Well, I tried to explain to her. I said, you know, I said, Marcy, I said, God loves you. He cares about you. And I believe he's not going to let you die without bringing you back to himself. And she didn't believe me. She didn't believe me. So I prayed with her a few times. And then uh, the one time um, her, this nasty husband died suddenly, she had him cremated. And she told the undertaker, she said, 
I don't want his ashes. I don't care what you do with them. I don't want them. <laughs> so, you know, who could blame her? She didn't. This man was so nasty to her. Anyway, I went up to pray with her. And uh, I always, before I pray with somebody, I always uh, pray to the Holy Spirit to give me the words that this person, that the Lord wants this person to hear. Because I never know what I'm going to say. Yes. Well, I went up there at this time and uh, I uh, was praying with her. And no matter how I tried to convince her, she just would not believe that God cared about her at all. And all of a sudden I said to her, let me ask you this. Would you rather be up in heaven with this wonderful husband that loved you so much, your first husband? Or would you rather be down in hell with that miserable uh, miserable husband that was so mean and so nasty to you? And I caught myself and she was stunned. And so was I. I, I couldn't believe what came out of my mouth. And I said, oh, how could I say this to this poor lady? I left her house and I said, she's never going to want to see me again after I said that to her. <laughs> well, guess what? She wanted to see me again. So I went up to her house and she said to me, she wanted to see a priest. And I said, okay. And I knew this nice young priest, Father Frank, and I asked him if he would go up to see her. And he did. He went up to see her. He talked with her. He heard her confession. He gave her communion. And it wasn't long after that that she died. Wow. Now, Praise don't you the Lord. Think Thank you, the Lord, Jesus. Don't you think that the Lord had in mind to bring that healing back to that poor lady after all those years so that she could have salvation? Absolutely. And God and God used one of his soldiers. And that was you. You were God's instrument of salvation at that moment. Uh, well, praise, I'll tell you what, I, yeah. I was I was horrified at what I said to her. But then I realized after all this happened, I realized that that's what she needed to hear. Yep. She that's needed to hear. She needed. Yeah, I agree. She needed to hear it that way. It, it was kind of forceful what you said, but uh, it's uh, exactly the medicine that she needed at that moment. Yeah, so I, so let, I had no intention of saying anything like that to her. I mean, I don't like to hurt people's feelings, but that's what she needed. And that's what the Holy Spirit ex- inspired me to say. Amen. You know, there's a there's a phrase in the book of, of in the New Testament. That it reminds me of what you just did. It's in Jude chapter one, verse 23. The Bible says Jude, the apostle writes, save others by snatching them from the fires to others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained corrupted by the flesh. That's exactly what you did. You saved this person. You snatched her from the fire and you showed her the mercy of God. Good for you, Patricia. So let me ask you a question. Does God answer all prayers? Yes, I believe he does. Sometimes God answers them right away. Sometimes you have to wait for a while, like uh, St. Monica, for example. She prayed something like 20 years for her uh, wayward son, uh, St. Augustine. And, um, you know, she even complained to the bishop and the bishop said, don't worry about it. He said, just do what you're doing and uh, the Lord will take care of it. And uh, he ended up becoming one of the greatest saints. And so did she. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Here's sometimes that the Lord says, sometimes the Lord says you have to wait a while. Sometimes the Lord says no. Now, why hey. does the Lord say no? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, sometimes he answers no. Like Paul said, 
Satan say, Lord, take this thorn out of my side that Satan put there. And the Lord says, Mm-mm, no, Paul, my grace is sufficient. I don't want you to get puffed up with knowledge. And so mm-hmm. God, God never relieved him of whatever, what, whatever Satan stuck in his side because he knew that's exactly uh, the type, the medicine that he needed to, to grow in holiness. Okay. There's another story I can tell you about King of France. I think it was King the 11th of France on uh, King Louis, Louis the 11th of France. Uh, anyway, um, he was top monarch at his time, you know, in, in a lot of power. And then all, all of a sudden he had a stroke. So he called in all the best um, uh, medicine people of his day and so on. Nobody could help him. And then he heard about St. Francis of Paola from Italy. So he said, uh, bring him over here. He said, I want, I want to talk to him. So he brought this um, holy man over and St. Francis knew right away if he, would, if he were to uh, be healed of this stroke um, that he would end up losing his soul. So St. Francis said, prayed for guidance and he said, no, I said, I can't, I can't get, get a healing for you. And uh, but he he tried everything. He promised him gold and silver and everything else. And finally, he became uh, convinced of the holiness of this man. And St. Francis stayed with him and prayed with him and taught him, you know, what he needed to know. And by the time he died, he would die in the graces of God. Amen. That's a good point you make, because. When we go to Mass, right before Holy Communion, there's, we, we say, Lord, I am not worthy uh, that, that uh, you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. I think, I think a lot of us as Catholics, we forget that what's primary in the Christian life is the healing of our soul. I mean, our body's going to break down. I mean, you know, just the law of gravity and the law of, you know, the law of uh, the second law of thermodynamics, the body's going to break down. But we want to save the soul. And, uh, you know, so what if you hit the gym two hours a day and look like, you know, a young bodybuilder? If your soul's not right with God, who cares how the outward, uh, the outward appearance of the body, if you're, if you're dieting and eating the best foods and working out two hours a day? If your soul's not right with God, who cares? That's true. But you know what? God reaches out to even the, the worst of people because oh, yeah. he loves each one of us. Let me give you another example. Okay. Uh, do you remember Ted Bundy? Oh, yes. Who committed all those murders? Heinous crimes. Yes. Well, what happened with him was uh, he was committing these murders and he came to this last girl uh, to her room and he was going to kill her too. But all of a sudden he stopped and he ran. He dropped his weapon and he ran. And the police came and they questioned her and they said, what happened? How come he never touched you? And she wouldn't talk to them. She said, I would only talk to a priest. So they called the priest in and the priest asked her why he never touched her. She said, because my mother made me promise uh, to say the rosary every night for my own protection. And here she had her rosary in her hand and he never touched her. Now, this same priest went to visit him when he was in prison because they caught him and he was going to be executed. And this same priest went to see him. And he talked with him. And um, the day before he was to be executed, oh, wait a minute, I'm getting ahead of myself. 
um, this priest asked him, he said, what happened? He said, why didn't you kill her too? He said, I don't know. He said, when I went to, I was going to kill her too. He said, but it was like some force was stopping me and I couldn't go any further. I couldn't, I just couldn't go any further. And he just dropped his weapon and he ran. Now, the day before he was to be executed, uh, um, James Dobson of Focus on the Family yeah. interviewed him and asked him different questions and so on. And he said, what kind of a family did you come from? Were you abused as a child or what? He said, no, he came from a very good Christian family. Wow. Uh, but he got into pornography at the young age of 12, 13 years old. And that escalated. And this is what it ended up causing. He ended up committing all these horrible murders. Lord have before, mercy on he us. Died, before he died, he turned his life over to Jesus Christ. Praise God. That, that's God. how he was able to save his soul. Now, I God said, is good. Wow. I said, yes. Patricia, we, we're coming up to a hard break. Thank you very much for coming on. Get Patricia's book. It's called When Good Things Happen to Bad People. When Good Things Happen to Bad People. Amazon.com. When Good Things Happen to Bad People. Thank you, Patricia. We'll have you on next time. God bless you. Keep the faith. Okay, thank you. God bless you. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526 2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, one man car. My heart breaks for all the January 6 prisoners that have been locked up by uh, the Department of Injustice, by the, the Biden uh, White House. It's, it's, it's so painful to see what's happening in this country. The way you see uh, the, the takeover of the deep state. And we as Catholics also know that there's, we're also dealing with a deep church component. But here's an inspirational interview with a gentleman by the name of Leo Calley, who's locked up. This is put out by LifeSite News. It's, uh, the article's called Christian Jailed Over January 6th. He calls fellow prisoners to Jesus in a new open letter. Very inspirational words from this young man. He says, when they interviewed him, he says, Jesus saves, Jesus liberates, and Jesus vindicates. Your victory is assured in him. That's what Leo Kelly wrote to his fellow prisoners, to his fellow January 6th prisoners in an open letter that was sent exclusively to LifeSite News from his federal prison in Minnesota. Leo Kelly, this young man, he's been arrested for being on Capitol Hill on January 6, 2021. He's been in a federal prison in Minnesota for over two months. On August 18th, 2023, U.S. District Court Judge Royce Lamberth sentenced Kelly who back then he was 38 years old, young man, to 30 months in federal prison for his actions on January 6th. These included entering the Capitol building and the Senate chamber. Kelly, Leo Kelly, who
who gave LifeSite News, Jim Hale, an interview on January 6th, recently sent LifeSite News an open letter of encouragement to his fellow J6ers through his father. Here's what he says. To my fellow J6ers and the families and friends suffering with you, my name is Leo. I'm from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and I'm about two and a half months into a 30-month sentence at a low-security prison in Rochester, Minnesota. My story hasn't been half as difficult as many of yours, and I salute the ones who have been incarcerated since the beginning, along with the rest of those who have felt the, who have felt the especially heavy hand of the system. Talking about his fellow J6ers who have, beat, have been beaten in prison by, by federal law enforcement and those that have been given this, uh, this, these uh, extraordinary long sentences, like 25 years, for going into the rotunda, the Senate chambers. So he writes, I bet you share my frustration with the government and its refusal to fulfill its God-given mission of protecting your freedoms. If your mind is like mine, it often reminds you that the only authorized purpose for the government in the Declaration of Independence on July 4th, 1776, is to protect the inalienable rights that its citizens have been endowed with by their creator. It's easy to be infuriated by Washington, D.C.'s outright rebellion against the legitimate law of the United States of America. The Washington, D.C. system now reigns in place in, in, in place of the law of the United States of America. That's absolutely true. In other words, what he just said as, is that the deep state has taken over the country. We're not, we're not being governed so much by the rule of law and we're not being governed so much by uh, uh, by law and order. We're being governed by ideologues. We're being governed by the deep state. That's what he's talking about. And it seems to me like in our country, there seems to me to be this death of common sense. Yeah. What do we want in this country? We want... <clears throat> We want limited government. That's what we want. This is what happens when you have big government. And, and let's be honest. There's two teams on planet Earth. We all know that. You got team Jesus and you got team Satan. The question is, whose team are you on? <clears throat> the article says, Leo writes this prisoner, this this brave young man, Leo Kelly, he writes, but let me remind you that, that the creator who endowed you with your rights set aside his rights, which are far greater than yours, and willingly laid down his life in a humiliating fashion, naked on a cross, in order to purchase those rights for you. If the creator's path to victory went through suffering and death, are you willing to embrace the same for yourself and your nation? You are descended from the stock of Valley Forge. 
Will you shrink back now that God has called you forth? Jesus saves, Jesus liberates, and Jesus vindicates. Your victory is assured. Take care that you're not wandering, you're not found wandering anywhere else. The judge who presided over your kangaroo court will face the eternal judge, Jesus Christ. The U.S. attorneys who weaponize the law to target you are under God's indictment. The FBI agents who framed you are in God's crosshairs. If you want to be free, leave room for God's vengeance. It is assured. Your best strategy is to forgive, to do good to those who have abused you, and to love God with everything you've got. God is honored and, and, and God's honored you with a key role in fighting for this nation. See that you execute your task faithfully. These guys are definitely suffering white martyrdom. White martyrdom is persecution by government, persecution by state. And these guys are all baptized. Most of these guys are baptized Catholics or Protestants. I think this guy seems to be a Catholic because he sent his... Uh, he sent this to LifeSite News, this letter. And I'll tell you, um, every single one of us has a day of reckoning with the Lord Jesus Christ. Every single one of us is going to go to that exit interview, that particular judgment. And guess what? There are two teams on planet Earth. I hope you're part of Team Jesus and not Team Satan. St. Thomas Aquinas talks about two mystical bodies in the world, the mystical body of Christ and the mystical body of the devil. Let's make sure that as Catholics, this is an election year. What do we want? We want limited government. We, the people, want limited government. We don't want wars all over the world. We don't want the redistribution of wealth. We don't want our money to go to fund wars and go to fund other countries. We have our own needs. We have our own homeless problem. We have our own broken borders. We need to start helping out this country. And I'll tell you something. If you've ever read any data, liberals give less than conservatives when it comes to the poor or what they would call social justice causes. Liberals give less to the poor than conservatives do. That's been documented by several studies. And I'll tell you what's brought more people out of poverty is capitalism. Christianity gave us capitalism. Catholic Christianity gave us capitalism. And so the fact is, that as Catholics, we have to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And we have to trust in Jesus no matter what. As the Bible says, heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word, God's word will never pass away. God's word is eternal. God's promises are eternal. Life is short. Eternity is forever. Every single one of us 
Every single one of us has an appointment scheduled with the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope and pray that we all live and die in a state of sanctifying grace. But what do we have to do? We can't be part of the culture of death. And we can't support the body of death. And there's been, there's, there seems to be the death of common sense. We need to pray for this country. We need to pray for our church. We need prophetic voices to speak the truth in charity, to speak the truth in power. Be not afraid. We serve a mighty king. Remember, render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but render unto God what belongs to God. And also, it's time for us as Catholics to remember that there's a culture war going on. And the only way we're going to win this culture war is by uniting our prayers to the heels of the Blessed Virgin Mary, to the Sword of St. Michael the Archangel prayer, bathing our prayers with the blood of Jesus, living in a state of grace. As Catholics, what do we promote? We promote the reign, the social reign of Christ the King. That's the answer. The social reign of Christ the King. We as Catholics, we fight for altar and throne to one day be inseparably united under Christ the King forever. Speak truth to power, Catholics. Live without fear. Up next, I'm going to talk to you about the Fatima Police Plan. This is how we reboot the country and how we reboot the world. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. We're at the 11th hour, Jesus 911. I'm talking about the 11th hour in terms of uh, the way the deep state and the deep church have been running roughshod over the culture of life, the gospel of life, the gospel of Jesus Christ. As Catholics, we got to go old school. How do we fight this? We've been given what's called the Fatima Peace Plan. I don't think many Catholics have heard of it. Because why? Some people say, oh, that's pre-Vatican II. Well, guess what? It works. It works. Because this is heaven's plan to save our world. Heaven's plan to save our country. But a lot of people haven't heard of it. So let me give you Fatima's peace plan. Remember. The crisis in the world doesn't end. Until enough Catholics fulfill. Our Lady of Fatima's five commands. We call this the Fatima peace plan. This is old school Catholicism. Modernists would scoff at this. Or who knows, modernists may even, upon hearing this, they may even have a demonic physical manifestation wherever they're at, if they're listening to this show. Because the modernists reject all things tradition. 
the Fatima Peace Plan is number one. Our Lady called us to pray the rosary daily. No excuses. Don't make excuses, period. Don't try to justify why you don't pray the rosary every day. Just start doing it, starting today. Number two, consecrate yourself to Mary. I've, I've done the 33-day consecrations from St. Louis to Monfort and from, from other authors, uh, from Father Donald Calloway. But I do a daily consecration prayer. I consecrate, the, you can go on the internet and type in consecration prayer to Mary. One of my morning prayers is a consecration prayer to Our Lady. I consecrate myself to her every day. Number three, where the brown scapular. Make sure it's blessed by a Catholic priest and make sure the very first time that you put it on, it's put on by a Catholic priest. He has to install you. Any Catholic priest can install you in the brown scapular. Number four, offer up your sufferings in union with Christ. And I offer up my sufferings every day. Whatever physical sufferings I have, I offer them up and I just... I just Unite them to the to, to the cross on Calvary, and I do it through Our Lady of Sorrows. Our Lady who stood at the foot of the cross, Our Lady of Sorrows. I unite my prayers through her to Him every day. My 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 uh, whatever pain I'm going through, whatever suffering I'm going through. Also, number five, make the first the first Saturday devotions. Make the first Saturday devotions. <clears throat> remember, <clears throat> an easy way to remember the Fatima Peace Plan. Here's, here's kind of an easy way that I've memorized it. The Fatima Peace Plan. Remember it by the phrase Roman Catholic SOS. R-C-S-O-S. Roman Catholic SOS. Okay, The R, Rosary Daily. The C, consecrate yourself to Mary. The S, scapular. The O, offer your sufferings. The S, Saturdays, first Saturday devotions. So the way I remember the Fatima Peace Plan is R-C-S-O-S. R, rosary daily. C, consecrate yourself to Mary. S, scapular O, offer your sufferings. And S, Saturday devotions. First Saturday devotions. This is heaven's peace plan. This isn't my peace plan. This is not Terry Barber's peace plan. This is heaven's peace plan. If we're not part of the solution, we're part of the problem. As the Blessed Mother told the children at Fatima, until a sufficient until a sufficient number of people have consecrated their hearts to the hearts of Jesus and Mary, we will not have peace in the world. Mary asked us to do the following to bring about peace. Again, I'll repeat it. Pray the Holy Rosary daily too. observe the first Saturday devotions. How do you do that? By going to confession which may be done 
eight days before or eight days after the first Saturday. Of course, if a person's in a state of, 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 of mortal sin, in a state of serious sin, the confession must be made before receiving Holy Communion. The second thing you do on that Saturday for the first five Saturdays is receive Holy Communion, obviously in a state of grace. Also, reciting five decades of the Holy Rosary. Also, meditating for 15 minutes on the mysteries of the Holy Rosary. Number three, we also have to make reparation of the hearts of Jesus and Mary for all the blasphemies and sacrilege that is occurring throughout the world. Let me give you a quick refresher of the 15 promises of the rosary. I think once you hear them again, you're going to say, man, sign me up, coach. I want to be part of this dream team. I want to be part of Team Jesus. The 15 promises of the rosary as told to St. Dominic and Blessed Allen in the 13th century from Our Lady for all those who faithfully pray the rosary. Here they are. To all those who shall pray my rosary devoutly, I promise my special protection. Next bullet. Those who shall persevere in the recitation of my rosary will receive some special grace. Another bullet. The rosary will be a very helpful, of, of, will be a very powerful armor against hell. It will destroy vice, deliver from sin, and dispel heresy. Next bullet. The rosary will make virtue and good works flourish and will obtain for souls the most abundant divine mercies, it will draw the hearts of men from the love of the world and its vanities and will lift them to the desire of eternal things. Oh, that souls would sanctify themselves by this means. Next bullet. Those who trust, in, those who trust themselves to me through the rosary will not perish. Next bullet. Whoever recites my rosary devoutly reflecting on the mysteries shall never be overwhelmed by misfortune. He will not experience the anger of God, nor will he perish by an unprovided death. The sinner will be converted. The just will persevere in grace and merit eternal life. Next bullet. Those truly devoted to my rosary shall not die without the sacraments of the church. Can you imagine? What a promise. You receive the sacraments of the church before you die. Guess what, pal? You're on your way to heaven. What a promise. It doesn't get any better than that. Next, those who are faithful to recite my rosary shall have during their life and at their death, the light of God and the plenitude of his graces and will share in the merits of the blessed. <laughs> in other words, God's going to be with you as you're dying. And God's going to give you all the sufficient grace that you need to die in his arms and sanctifying grace. <clears throat> Next bullet. 
I will promptly, I will deliver promptly from purgatory souls devoted to my rosary. Did you catch that? <laughs> I will deliver from purgatory promptly souls devoted to my rosary. Incredible. Incredible. Next bullet. True children of my rosary will, will enjoy great glory in heaven. Next bullet. What you shall ask through my rosary, you shall obtain. Next bullet. To those who propagate my rosary, I promise aid in all their necessities. Wow. Next bullet. I have obtained from my son that all members of the rosary confraternity shall have as their intercessors in life and in death the entire celestial court. Sign me up, coach. Next. All who recite the rosary are my sons and daughters, brothers and sisters of my, of my only son, Jesus Christ. And finally, devotion of my rosary is a great sign of predestination. That is, devotion to the rosary is a good indication that the devotee is on the path to heaven. Fatima's peace plan, my friends, Catholics, we have an advantage we got direct access from me messages from heaven given to us. As Catholics, if we access and if we follow this Fatima peace plan, we're going to be part of the army of God. We're going to be part of Team Jesus. We're going to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. Remember, when it's all said and done, in eternity... You only have two teams. You have winners and you have losers. Make sure that you're part of the winning team. God bless you, family. St. Padre Pio said, pray hope and don't worry where he's useless. God is merciful and God will hear your prayer. Remember, we're called to be great saints. Don't miss the opportunity. Set yourselves apart from this corrupt generation. Up next... More great broadcasting from Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Your source of encouragement. Dr. Sandoval, up next. See you next time. Keep the faith.